Hello again and welcome to the Status Alternative Podcast. My name is Brittany and today we have a very interesting, slightly different episode. This episode I'm going to be talking to my co-worker Naomi. Hi. There she is. We're going to be talking about um, her experiences with comics and anime, get into a little bit of pro wrestling and all that fun stuff. So, off the bat, so how did you get into comic books? Honestly, um, it was my stepdad. He actually, we were watching a few episodes of Justice League and then I was like, oh my God, I actually like this. And then he just blew my mind when it's like, he told me, it was like, it's a little bit of drama. It's a little bit of romance. It's a little bit of everything while fighting crime. And I never really just... I never really knew about it until I started reading upon it, and then it just blew my mind after that. So how old were you when you say you got into it? I want to say I was eight or nine. Okay, so you're kind of like a long-term fan like me. Yeah. So with your uh, background in it or your um, introduction into it, um, were you aware of like the movies that had just come out too? So like, if you were eight... Um, Blade obviously was one of the big ones because yeah. that came out in 2000, like the early 2000s. And then like you had in 2004, the Punisher with the Thomas Jane, John Travolta Punisher. Mm-hmm. And then of course, right around 2008, you had like the boom of like Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk. So were you aware of the I movies? I was aware of those movies. Honestly, I will say I did not like the Incredible Hulk. Those, I forgot his... <laughs> it's the uh, Eric Bana one and the Edward Norton one. The Eric Bana one, through my research, isn't technically a part of the MCU. It's the Edward Norton one that's a part of okay. the MCU. Okay, so yeah. that's maybe where I got my little confusion. I just didn't like it. I mean, it did tell a very descriptive backstory of it, mm-hmm. which I liked. But it was just creating it all together, just putting it in one big pot. I just didn't like it. Okay, okay. Because, like, I know... Like, eventually they retconned it, so now yeah. Mark Ruffalo is the new Incredible Hulk. I and love him. Yeah, and I'm still waiting on that movie to come out. Like, Which? they're not saying there's going to be a Hulk movie out, but I'm just saying I want that movie to come out because Mark Ruffalo really did play, like, the actual Incredible Hulk, the sort of nervous scientist who's yeah. trying to, like, battle this, like, inner demon, so to speak. He handled it well. My thing is, I think that's his, I think that's how he is, his personality. So him playing the Incredible Hulk really, he didn't really have to do too much Mm -hmm. to, you know, bring the character to life. Right. I think that's just how he is really, in my opinion. Good point. (laughs) Alright, so moving on from the comic books. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, not moving on. We can touch more on that. So, with the comic books and everything, did you read the, like, single issues? or? Like- I have not read the single issues. My thing is, I was more so in the animated versions. Okay. So, the comics, I really haven't really dived in. I would like to, but I just felt like the animated versions of everything just really got to me more. That's understandable. Because you're aware of the certain superheroes. You're aware of the Marvel Mm -hmm. superheroes and the DC superheroes. So, yeah. Um, So, um, moving on to anime. So, how old were you when you got into anime? What got you into anime? Or, like... 
I was a little bit older. I think I was in high school. My first anime was Inuyasha. Okay. I love Inuyasha. <laughs> he was just, I don't know. Okay. I just think that that edge he had, mm -hmm. it really did something to me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to break it to you. I'm not really for, I, I know of the anime. I just haven't watched any episodes of it yet. Mm -hmm. So it is that my first anime was Soul Leader. I heard of it. I've never watched it. See, I swear so. <laughs> so like, um, so you're aware of like Toonami and then mm -hmm. that block that was associated with like American kids like mm -hmm. us, like getting into anime and then having that hour long block and then going farther into it. So like, what would you say were the like things that you look forward into like in animes? Action. Okay. I do like the action, obviously, that is a part of the anime, but also I just like a little bit of drama, a little bit of romance. Mm -hmm. I just like the cliffhangers that they have. Right. I, anime is really good for their cliffhangers, and I feel like that makes me want to watch it even more. Right. Because I know my brother got me into watching My Hero Academia. Granted, it took me forever for me to even see the first episode, but... I'm still on the first season, but I love it. Okay. I like that. Okay. So, like, what do you... So, I know there's, like, most anime fans, they have, like, uh, my anime list. Uh, there's Crunchyroll. There's Funimation. There's Netflix. What is the, like, um, streaming platform you would normally use to watch anime? Honestly, as of right now, I'm not that deep into watching the anime like that, but I do watch it. I do catch it on Netflix and on Hulu. So whatever's on there, and then I just venture off until wherever the new episodes are, wherever I can find it, I'll just go there. Okay. So, um, yeah. So let's see. So what are some new animes you're currently watching? Because I know there's like, there's a billion different animes out there with the streaming services and everything. Right. So I'm still doing... My Hero Academia, that's something I'm doing now. I just, I rewatched um, Seven Deadly Sins. I rewatched that over again, which that's my favorite. And um, that's pretty much it. As of now, I'm just doing one anime at a time. I don't like to watch it all in a cluster. Mm -hmm. I like to take my time and just rewatch it. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What else? Okay, so I we talked about this like while we were at work. Um, mm -hmm. you do have some familiarity with pro wrestling. Yes. So like, how did you get into pro wrestling, and like, how did that you? Was more of a family thing. We would watch it sometimes. We would watch it um on Wednesdays, and then Friday Night Live pay per view. We would literally have like a big dinner after dinner. We would watch it, or sometimes during um depending upon how late. You know, we got in, but we would watch it, and then that would be like our family thing. And then we would talk about who's gonna win and do a little trash talk. And then after that, I felt like that wrestling kind of just brought us together in a way. Okay, so how old were you when you first got into it? Because, like, um, I so me and my brothers got into it like late 2005, early 2006. When we got into it, this was like, um, Smackdown, mm -hmm. the Friday one. That used to be on Thursdays on UPN, on cable. And then Raw, I believe, was still on TNT, mm -hmm. maybe Spike, mm -hmm. until they moved. And then ever since, like, going forward after that, we've just... Because we witnessed, like, the reformation of D-Generation X. Mm -hmm. We saw guys like Carlito, CM Punk, 
Um, we saw guys like Randy Orton, and then ever since we've been like fans of it. Like there was a period of time when I stopped watching it because I just with WWE because mm-hmm. like also around that time, like right around two thousand nine, mm-hmm. we ended up finding out about like other promotions like um, Total Nonstop Action or TNA or Impact. We found out about those promotions, and then we ended up going back to WWE. And now, currently, I watch, like, All Elite Wrestling, which is um, AEW Dynamite, which is now on TNT. And I still watch WWE. I watch Raw, SmackDown, and uh, NXT. I actually stopped watching wrestling, but I used to watch it. Pretty much, I grew up... On watching wrestling. My grandfather was a big wrestling fan. I remember when it came, they used to have those, um, it's pro wrestling, but they would have it in those little small arenas they used to have it at. Mm-hmm. And they would come to the city, and I remember we would go there. Right. And my grandfather, I remember he would light up all the time because it was just, instead of being at home, he was looking at it. And um, sometimes we would take him on his birthday if it was around that time, but... I actually stopped watching it because I just felt like it was a little scripted for me. Yeah, it 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 before it would be like, man, this person really got hurt, and it was like the realism of everything, and I loved it, you know. But after a while, I would say like I would just see them just being scripted, and I just didn't like it. Okay, I didn't like it at all. So like you were watching like what the early two thousands, mm-hmm. the early two thousand nineties, the Attitude Era. Exactly. So yeah, we got like we were like on the like brink of the ruthless. We weren't even on the brink. We were at like towards the end of the transitioning. To yeah, that, yeah, yeah. We were like on the brink in the middle of the ruthless aggression era. Yeah. So. When they had that uh, division split by the time, like, because right around, like, 2001, it was just, like, raw. Mm -hmm. And then, all of a sudden, um, WWE buys WCW. Next thing you know, the the Monday Night Wars is over. And then they decide to do a brand split. So, you got half your roster on Raw, half your roster on SmackDown. So, we came in, like, shortly after all that. So, like, four years after all that had, you know, come and gone. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I, I it was like that for us too, but I guess for because the one my dad he grew up in the south, so he knows about the like the old territories, mm-hmm. like in the seventies and the eighties, and like the fabulous Freebirds versus the Von Erics. So I understand that having that uh, adult figure in your life who was like a fan of it, and then my mom was like watching it too in the nineties, so she was there. She got to witness, like, the Stone Cold Steve Austin, Love The him. Rock, Shawn mm-hmm. Michaels, Triple H, Kane, I The Undertaker. I think that's where I'm at. That's, that's who... I feel like I want them back. Right. If not them, people like them. Their mindset. Right. Because that's what made me want to watch them. It's their attitude and how they decided when and what to do. Right. I think they made the show a little bit of their own, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, granted... I will say this, a lot of people will agree in your shoes because like after um, WCW got bought by WWE, by that time, like they were pulling in like a crap ton of ratings at this point. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that Wednesday, that Monday, I keep, ref- I'll get to the, why I keep calling it the Wednesday Night Wars. Um, so it, like right after that, a bunch of people just stopped watching because I'm yeah. guessing a lot of people were more fans of WCW than WWE because WCW was 
kicking their ass in the ratings Monday after Monday after Monday. And then all of a sudden, WCW, everyone will attest, like kind of shot themselves in the foot. The inmates kept running the Mm -hmm. asylum. And it's just, it got to a point where they got bought out. Next thing you know, all these guys like who jump ship from WWE to WCW end up like either going to indies, they just stopped, or they jump back like a little bit later in their career to WWE. But it, the bridges were already burned and half yeah. of your fans had already left. So kind of like right around that start, because me and my brothers got in and it was like sort of like the mid part of Triple H and like Shawn Michaels career. Kurt Angle was like there for a little bit longer but then had left already to go to Impact Wrestling because he was injured. Um, We got on the tail end for, like, the guys who were new then, Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, are now the veterans now. Yeah, and I just, again, I I do, I get it, but I just feel like these new people that are there, they're good in their own way. Right. But if I had a choice, I would rather see people like Kane, Big Show, The Undertaker. Those are my people. Those are the people I want to see. Right. You know, and again, even if it's not, you know, obviously they have to stop and because they're older, they have families now. But man, at least give me someone that's just at least your predecessor. Just... So Pass the uh, line. Pass the baton, okay? So I'm going to hit you with like a little bit of like... Because you haven't really kept up with the product. Yeah. Okay, so here's... A, so Triple H is now the... Um, Triple H kind of does... Triple H doesn't really wrestle that much anymore. Mm-hmm. So what he has created now is he's created th- the third brand or their developmental brand. He's kind of the head of that, which is NXT. NXT okay. comes on Tuesday nights... Now it's coming to Tuesday nights because it was in. So uh, we're just going to, I feel like we're going to spend the tail end part of me just catching you up on what's going on. And that's and fine. Okay. So this is what's gone on so far. So back in 2019, uh, you know who Dusty Rhodes is, right? Mm-hmm. So you know he has a son, Cody Rhodes. Mm-mm. Okay. So he has a son named Cody Rhodes and he has his other son, Dusty, Dustin Rhodes. You mm-hmm. remember Gold Dust? Yes. That's his son. <gasps> So that's Cody's half brother. So those two were in the WWE for like a good minute. Um, um, Cody Rhodes went through like a bunch of different like changes character wise. So then came a time when he got done. T- um, he was sort of frustrated with the character he was portraying before he left. And he didn't want to portray this character anymore. And he couldn't match an agreement. So what he ended up doing was he left. And mm-hmm. then Goldust left shortly after that. So he ends up going on the indies, makes a big name for himself, reinvents himself as like, you know, the prince of professional wrestling, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. So along his way, excuse me. It's fine. Along his way of becoming an indie wrestler and redefining himself and everything like that, he stumbles upon um, uh, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, who used to work on TNA. And he stumbles upon a New Japan pro wrestler named Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is huge in the wrestling world because of this reputation he's garnered himself for working in New Japan pro wrestling, which is uh, Japan's uh, pro wrestling um, organization. I know know a little bit about that. Right. I did see. I was very shocked. But, I mean, obviously, you know, Americans don't have 
the branch off but i was actually really surprised about that as well yeah so those so they meet through like new japan and then ring of honor and then there's hangman page mm -hmm. and then there's marty scroll so um they get together and they decide in 2019 they're going to do their own thing because the young bucks were the young bucks had like their contract was up with new japan and they were going to just start their own company so it's them, Cody, Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes' wife, Brandy, and a lot of other different wrestlers, and this backer named Tony Khan. And they decide to create a different brand of wrestling called All Elite Wrestling, mm -hmm. which is on WCW, a.k.a. TNT. Mm -hmm. So that comes on TNT, and they create their own brand. Because this is like, to be honest with you, since WCW and ECW ended, WWE has never really had that much major competition in the past, like, 20, 10, 15 years. Actually, it's been 20 years now mm -hmm. since WCW closed. So they didn't have that major head-to-head -head competition. And Impact, at one point, kind of tried to do it when you had Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan sort of running things at the time. It didn't really work out, and they had their, like, trials and tribulations. They've since come back. They're not as big as they used to be, but they've gone through a regenesis, to be honest with you. So, basically, um, they do that, and it's huge. So, now they're coming on Wednesdays, and WWE's um, answer to that is they're going to have their developmental brand, NXT, which is the um, brand... It used to be like OVW and FCW, which was like the training thing that wrestlers would go through. They would do promo classes and wrestling classes and then come to the main roster and develop new stars that way. So NXT was that. Triple H was the head of everything, and what a great mind he is. So mm -hmm. it, it was amazing. So then, um, to answer that call... WWE decides to branch off um, NXT from the network they had to television and be on Wednesday nights, thus creating the Wednesday Night Wars. So it's NXT versus AEW every Wednesday. But recently, uh, a I'm going to be honest with you, AEW kicked their asses each week. Rating-wise. Rating-wise. Mm -hmm. So now, after this week, because WrestleMania is this weekend, mm -hmm. so after this week, NXT's is going to be on Tuesdays. So you're going to have five days of wrestling. You're going to have Monday Night Raw, Tuesday Night NXT, Wednesday Night AEW. Impact used to be on Tuesdays, but now since NXT is on Tuesdays, they're moving to Thursdays. So now you're getting Impact Wrestling on Thursday and Friday Night SmackDown on Fridays. I would be upset right now. <laughs> if, if I was like the CEO or something, I would be really upset. There's not much you can do. I mean, I mean, no, no, you can, but it's like, come on, really? Yeah, they. Now I'm not gonna use the term that's been floating around in like sort of the universe of the IWC or the internet wrestling community, but essentially, if you look at the ratings for 2019, October of 2019 is when AEW debuted on network television. From now. They kick their asses, like, almost every fucking time. And it's telling. Because, like, I feel... Because, granted, Raw can be goofy sometimes. Like, it can be a little bit goofy. Um, NXT 
has better wrestling, in my opinion. Because I feel like that brand is more focused on wrestling. Yes, there are promos and the speaking and everything. But if you want hard hitting, like the grittiness and the aggressiveness, you go to NXT. The same thing with AEW. AEW is a mixture of both. Mm -hmm. I would say. Because AEW is... It ha- so, AEW is kind of like where um, it's mostly made up of like superstars that are former WWE superstars, as well as indie wrestlers from indie promotions like uh, New Japan, um, Ring of Honor. Um, what is it? They do have a partnership with like NWA, and they do have a partnership with Impact. So, there's that. Mm-hmm. So, you have those things fused together, thus kicking down the forbidden door, as they call it in the IWC. The whole idea of like these promotions coming together to do this crossover. So, there's that. And then SmackDown. SmackDown is like good. SmackDown's really good. Could it be better? Yes. Can Raw be better? Yes. Is NXT good? Their women's division is, like, really good. Because you probably remember women's wrestling back in the 90s. (laughs) She was my favorite. Right. I I feel like no one could ever really beat China unless, you know, she was having a bad day. But even still, she'll give you a run for your money. Right. So, like, women's wrestling, I will say this, has genuinely improved over the past 20 years. From the whole bra and panty matches and everything. Because, like, me being a female fan, I'm pretty sure you felt this. It's like, how can I get into this when this isn't for me? Yes. It's like... Objectifying women at this point. (laughs) Right. And it's like, how am I supposed... So, now, it's like, it's a lot more diverse. The women are a lot more skilled. And a lot of them are indie wrestlers. They don't look like the regular divas anymore. They're not Mm -hmm. even called divas anymore. No. They're called women superstars. Or female wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So it's a very big change. They're all like short, tall. Like they're all like branched out. And it's like a lot more diverse. And I really and I And I it. saw that too. Because I did see a, um, a thicker woman. I would say. And I was just like oh my god. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have the big boobs and the hips. And the bo-. I'm like oh my god. Right. I was very, and I was very happy about that because I just felt like that's what we were accustomed in, in seeing women like that. And I'm like, real women don't look like that. Right. So, like, it it had, like, a bit of a change because you had, like, female wrestlers like Alita mm-hmm. come in, which was, like, a big change because... For Is me, that her name? Lita, yes. Because mm-hmm. okay. you had her, because she was doing, she was wrestling... She was actually wrestling. She wasn't wrestling like the what they told women should wrestle. Like she was out here doing flips, doing dives, doing these like crazy like moves. And it wasn't like, oh, you know, just the fluff, basically. Mm-hmm. So now you got my recommendations and some of my favorite women wrestlers currently right now is Rhea Ripley, Ember Moon, Shotzi Blackheart, um, or Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, uh, Shayna Baszler. They, um, not only that, their image is totally, totally different. Like, the darker makeup, they have tattoos, they're, they have shaved heads and mm-hmm. everything like that. It's more realistic. Exactly. And that's why I feel that's one of the upsides to yeah wrestling now. Right. You have women that look like us and we don't have to look a certain way or... Anything like that. So that's the upside to that. Yeah. So I would recommend watching, if not Raw and SmackDown, because I can understand um, that. But 
I'd get into like NXT or WW uh, NXT or AEW. I will give it a try. Tell me what you think. You don't have to get into it. You don't have to like delve right into it or like if you don't like it, a it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd watch like Dark and like Elevation, which is on YouTube on AEW. So and just, that's a wrestling. Yeah, that's their side wrestling program they host on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So it gives like their wrestlers because they're like. Um, trying to give their wrestlers all the exposure they can. And I also saw that they do have that, you know, they have like interviews or and stuff like that. They also have that on TikTok. I also wanted to tell you, I wanted to send it to you, but it was live at the time. So I couldn't, I don't think I could send it, but I also, um, I wanted to tell you about that. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, I didn't know they had this. So I'm assuming they're branching out to all the... Yeah, so right around like the, like right around 2000, like the uh, reality era as they call it. So the reality era is like sort of everything that's happened from like 2010 and beyond. Because Mm -hmm. by that time there's a big social media presence. So they're getting more influenced on like, not influenced, but they're getting more and more, um, um, comfortable with like breaking down kayfabe as they Mm -hmm. call it so kayfabe is like you know say like the undertaker's career would be the biggest example of kayfabe like for years you never knew what was going on with him outside of this character exactly so kayfabe was still big but nowadays to get that name out there to get their wrestlers like out there to people they've be they've all had like a heavy social media um Mm -hmm influence things like twitter and how wrestlers now have twitters now um they all have instagram accounts so like so is this their character no or this is, is this their personal this is their personal okay now sometimes they will like do the whole thing of like being their character because you know you have those people out there on twitter who are like calling them out even though they're just regular people they try to like you know be funny or like mm-hmm. be rude and stuff like that they'll come to them correct but after that period of time, they've decided to like sort of get more to get more involved in social media. Mm-hmm. So you like, I follow a couple of um wrestlers. Not even a couple. I follow a lot of wrestlers <laughs> on Instagram. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I have yet to get a Twitter. I've gotten one once, and I only lasted a day because it just felt like you'd had to keep updating. You do. Your I'm not. I'm not gonna do yeah. all that. I got other things to worry about. But Instagram is like the closest I get, and then of course you follow their pages on um, uh, Facebook, and then a couple of them have like YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. So like Xavier Woods, who's part of the New Day, he has like a gaming channel called Up Up Down Down, and I follow mm-hmm. that a lot, and I'm a huge fan of that. Okay, so I want to redirect it to the Marvel. Yes. Did you watch Wonder Woman? Um, Wonder Woman is not Marvel. I mean, not Marvel. Um, DC? DC, yeah. Did you watch... Um, I did not. Did not. Did you at least watch Justice League? I did not. So I cannot tell you about it then, because you need to watch it. Um, granted, it is four hours. Four hours and two minutes of your life. And uh, it's it's a lot more talking in the beginning versus, mm-hmm. you know, the other movie, which it was like a little bit of talking, but it was action too. All right. It was like maybe if you, 20 minutes of talking and the rest, everyone's fighting and running and everything blowing up. So I feel like you need to watch it. Well, how about this? 
I'll watch it, and then we can discuss it in a future episode. Agreed. There you go. And then, then on top of that, we can also talk. It doesn't even have to be a long episode. You can tell me your thoughts on the current product of wrestling versus when you watched it then versus when you're watching it now. Mm-hmm. Now, in my opinion, I do see the sim- the differences, and I understand. And I'm um, slowly but surely, and over these past couple of months, getting back into wrestling. Because I understand what it's like to like watch the product, and then it's like, oh, God, this is terrible. Like... I was not watching it at all. I did see just a, a quick. Um, I was turning and I just saw the girl with the uh, the the box. Oh, you were watching uh, Alexa Bliss. Yeah. What what what's going on with her? Okay, so the current um, thing going on with that is she's like so Alexa Bliss was like this like she was a heel. And she was like, you know, the sort of like, she was a champion. She mm-hmm. was, she was like just a regular wrestler. And then she got caught up in like this Bray Wyatt, the Bray Wyatt character who came in like early on. That's a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. So he has like his regular character, which was like a Mr. Rogers-esque type thing. Mm-hmm. And then he had the fiend, which is like sort of like this dude in a mask. And it's like this horror movie character, essentially. Mm-hmm. So he possessed her. So now his spirit of the fiend has now influenced her. So now she's like this evil supernatural character. It's a lot of horror based stuff going on. And now they're fighting Randy Orton. So Randy Randy Orton Orton is is still there. So Randy Orton is still wrestling. (laughs) Jeff Hardy is still wrestling. Oh wow. Matt Hardy is still wrestling. Oh, okay. Oh, a big show is not retired he he went from the wwe which was shocking because this was huge in the internet wrestling community um he has since left wwe and now he's working with aew is he wrestling or is he more so he he hasn't started wrestling yet but it's a future thing that's going to happen right now he's doing commentary for one of their shows on youtube but he's um not done wrestling uh mark henry has since retired but he may try and uh, come back into the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, Shawn Michaels doesn't wrestle anymore. He's kind of a producer now in the back for NXT. So it's him, Road Dog, and Triple H running NXT, which is so cool in my in my because, book. Because I mean, they they know what the people want. Exactly, and, and this is no offense to Vince McMahon, but Vince sort of looks at wrestling as a booker. Yeah. Whereas Triple H sees it in the eyes of a wrestler. So he knows everyone's trials and tribulations, their uh, mindsets, their like the stop and the start of their careers and all that stuff. He knows what it's like to be a wrestler because he was one. Mm-hmm. So when you have guys like him and Shawn Michaels and Road Dog Jesse James and a Norman Smiley and William Regal, who's also part of it too because he's since retired. Uh, Chris Jericho is still mm-hmm. wrestling. Uh, Edge is still wrestling, and after he had to retire due to a neck injury, mm. has since come back, and now he's wrestling, and he's going to be in the main event of WrestleMania this weekend. Mm. And uh, Christian, after seven years, once again, had to retire due to like too many concussions. He's now wrestling on AEW. Mm. So, who else? Yeah, I Billy Gunn's now on AEW. Sting is on AEW. Let's see. Is there anybody else? I think that's about it. As far as like who you're probably familiar with. Mm -hmm. Trish Stratus has since retired. Lita's retired. Um, 
That was about it. Uh, Rey Mysterio is still wrestling, and now his son is wrestling. Do they still show... Um, I know it used to be a show called... Um, um, Divas? Uh, Total Divas? Yeah. That's still on air. That's Really? Yeah. After they... After they stopped... Um, Calling them Divas? Yeah. They're still Divas. Oh, I didn't know that. So... You wanted to talk about, so you saw my uh, X-23 comic, right. and you wanted to, and you've seen Logan, mm-hmm. so you wanted to delve into the backstory on that. Yes, because I feel like, okay, my thing is, my question was, I maybe, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie, but he was dying, or his body was failing, he couldn't regenerate as fast as he normally would. Why was that? So the animantium in his body. So when he, when, so remember, did you see X-Men Origins Wolverine? Mm -hmm. So you know how in the beginning his whole skeletal system was like bone. Mm -hmm. And then he got into the Weapon X program and they turned his whole skeletal system into animantium. Mm -hmm. That's what was killing him. It was slowly poisoning him. That's the reason why he couldn't regenerate as fast as he could. He couldn't retract his claws as much as he could. He was getting older. Even though he was immortal, the animantium that was fused to his system was mm-hmm. killing him. Hence why he was dying slowly. Yeah. Man. I think my favorite part was the end when he took that medicine that just gave him, that made him feel like 20 years younger and he started killing all those. I think that's when his um his papa bear mentality kicked in. Yeah. Yeah. So, um I ended up I don't know how I stumbled upon um his daughter Laura Kenny aka X23 mm-hmm. um who's also the all new Wolverine, but I didn't really start getting more into her backstory until like after Logan, even before Logan, I knew who she was. But the whole story with her is it's the same scenario. He, um, well, not the same scenario. She went through the same, like, crap he went through. Mm-hmm. So, basically, to give a backstory, her mother uh, was a scientist. And she was working for the same, pe- the son of the guy that turned Wolverine into who he was. So, his father died by the hands of Wolverine. So he wanted revenge. So what he did was he decided to bring about all these people and try and recreate another Wolverine. But the thing was, every time when they tried to make a clone, the DNA wasn't responding well to it because they were trying to make it a male. So the DNA wasn't spawning all that well, uh, responding all that well, and they kept failing. So what this, re- this um, what Laura's mother wanted to do was she decided to carry the baby so it was going to be a clone and she was going to carry the child and it was going to be a girl. Probably a, she, yeah, it was going to be a girl. So she carried the baby full term. She was pregnant, gave birth to the baby and be, it became an experiment. They were trying to train it to kill. But yeah. the thing was, uh, Laura's mother kept trying to give her a sense of humanity. To make her more human rather than just some another like killing machine. Because you know, Weapon X is all about making super soldiers. Right. Hence why they tried the same thing with Deadpool and we all know how that turned out. Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is she's trying to make she's trying to make Laura have a sense of humanity, not make her into a killing machine. The guy who's footing this whole bill is like 
no, we're going to make her into a killing machine. We're going to torture her. And then we're going to turn her into a super soldier. So she ends up having this trigger scent. So anytime she smells this trigger scent, she goes berserks and kills everything inside. So something happens where the doctor finds out Laura's mother is trying to do all this stuff and trying to give her a sense of humanity and not make her a killer. So what he does is to really hurt Laura, she ends up, he ends up making her like, he ends up giving her the trigger scent and she inadvertently kills her mother. So what ends up happening is, um, she kills everybody. She kills the guy that created her. She, um, ends up going on this war path of trying to kill everybody and then goes on the run and then finds out about who her father is. Now, during, before all this, during that time period, they assume that Laura is just a clone of Wolverine. And it's not until later when Iron Man ends up saying, no, you're his actual daughter. He, they used your DNA, they used his DNA to create you. You are biologically Wolverine's daughter. Oh. Now, here's the thing. He does have another son. He has a son named Dakin. And he's a bit of a trip. So, there's that. But, but he, they never met, though. The they do meet. Okay. They do meet. So in the current run of All New Wolverine that I'm reading, uh, All New Wolverine is like right after like Wolverine dies and she takes up the mantle as Wolverine. Mm -hmm. So they do meet like a little bit down the line. And then she ends up finding out there's other clones of her and then she has this other sister and it becomes this whole thing. So here's the thing. Are they going to make... I feel like they should make something... You know that it's, that talks about that because I feel like I thought that's what the new mutants were. No, so the but I mean I get what it was, mm -hmm. but I just felt like I didn't get the purpose. I feel like the new mutants was just when when it first came when there was first word of like the new mutants coming out. I assumed it was going to be a horror movie like everyone else. They assumed like. The way they were marketing it, it just seemed like a horror movie. Yeah. In yeah. the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then it had a bunch of delays. Um, a couple of actors left. And then they had to replace a couple of actors. I don't know. It just seemed like there was just so much stuff going on. And by the time it did come out, uh, the pandemic had hit. And they had to delay it again. And then what you got... Is what you got. Is what you got. And, and I, I feel have like to see it. that's what I got. Mm -hmm. It's just whatever. Not saying it's a bad movie. I mean... I feel like it could have been more mm -hmm. because I feel like pretty much everything was just in that one scene, in that one area, which I get why because of the pandemic, but I just, I felt like that could have been more. I feel like that whole storyline and everything could have been more. Right. And I felt like the mutants that were there really couldn't handle what was actually happening and they were getting beat the entire time. And I just was like, this could have been better. Right. It's understandable. Like, um, what is they? What do they call it? Um, I don't remember the exact term they call it, but it's like production hell, I'm guessing, when it comes to like movies like that. I mean, Channing Tatum has been wanting to make this Gambit movie since no. like, but that has, that hasn't come to fruition at all. He should not. And I'm the the guy I forgot his name the one that was in Wolverine when they were trying to find um, Striker. Mm -hmm. 
he that guy should play Gambit. I thought he, even that that little snippet that he did, I thought he did a fantastic job. Right. He should Channing Tatum. No. Yeah, I don't see it. No, I don't see it at all. Yeah. Just like I don't see the new Batman. I don't see. I don't see Robert Pattinson. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see I, it. I'm sorry. Here, here, okay. My, I've told like a couple of friends this. My friend Alexis and uh, my friend Heather. Well, Alexis was more hung up on it, but for me, I had the same. I had look. I had the same hang ups when they announced that Anne Hathaway was going to play Catwoman. I had the same. I'm like the. You mean the? Ch- My whole thing was like, you mean the chick from the Princess Diaries is going to play Catwoman? Yeah, I don't see it. She and, can be serious. She no, can play but a real here's the thing. Role here's now. the thing. I watched it and I was like, okay, I'm gonna shut up now. So I'm gonna just wait and see. Okay. Now I feel like the only reason why he's getting the flack that he's getting is because of the whole Twilight thing. No. In other that, movies, that's what that's what in it other ma- movies I have seen him and I feel like he's. Stiff. Okay. I, I just I, feel like he's just stiff. The okay, I, I will say this. Other people may have their reasons, but I feel like the uniformed, like the general consensus of everyone's hang up is like, oh, you mean the dude that played Twilight? Now granted I mean, Yeah, that's what he's known for. Right. Granted, I will say this. There have been pictures floating around like he could just he could just do Batman Beyond and he can play Terry McGinnis. They could do that, and then you have Michael Keaton come in as Batman, and he's like the older Batman, and then just do Batman Beyond. You could do it works. How does it work, Brittany? I just because he's the younger, feel. like. But, but this is a whole new thing. They're retconning the whole. They're retconning the whole thing once again. Because to go back to the discussion board and reanalyze that because I just don't see it happening. Just like when um, what's his name? I can't think of any actors right now. It happens. What what's his name? The one that played Batman recently. Uh Christian Bale or Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Granted, I was just like, mm, I don't know. Um, but he he's okay. Okay. He's not he's not he's no Christian Bale. He's no he's not the other Batmans that played. However, he's okay. And for whatever reason, he doesn't want to be Batman anymore. Whatever. That's his choice. However, I just feel like you're going from really, really good to really, really bad. Well, we won't know until we see the movie. I know, and I'm going to be really upset. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like one of... Like, you can't mess up Batman. He's just like the face of pretty D- much... DC. Exactly. Like, he's the mo- more well-known character out exactly. of the DC um, um, comics. And wait a minute. I have something else. I wish you would have saw Justice League as well because they introduced um I know you've seen the other one right the other Justice League before the the Snyder the, I've seen the, the not the I've seen the not Snyder cut one yes. exactly yes so you know when he um he bought this big house and he had that big table granted there were other um heroes coming in um the Martian Man Martian Manhunter mm-hmm. yeah he's coming so my thing is, how are you going to do that? Are you really going to switch out? And to me, I just feel like they're going to make another Justice League. Because it's not over. You know? So how are you going to go about that? Are you really going to have two Batmans? That's my thing. 
my whole here here's my biggest um some this is a a big take not a takeaway but here's my biggest um problem mm-hmm. with most of these DC movies that come out is that they're not all on the same timeline. You know how with M- with the Marvel Cinematic Universe all of these characters are all on the same timeline. Everything that is happening, they bring back these same actual characters. Now for the past what I'd say, let's say sixty. So I'd say the past fifty years, you've had numerous different ple- people playing these different DC characters. You've had at least three. I think Zoe Kravitz playing Catwoman. Now you've had like at least four, maybe five different Catwomen. You've had Julie Newmar. You have the Eartha Kit one. You have Godfrey. I know everyone hates this one, the Halle Berry one. You have the Anne Hathaway. Oh, Wait a minute now. Let's call my girl Hallie. She, I think she did a, a good job. She did good for what was given to her. Exactly. But there is no actual storyline connecting her as Catwoman at all. Like, her name wasn't even the same. Really? She was not. It's not the same character. It, this The Catwoman movie that Halle Berry came and played wasn't even Selena Kyle. She had a different name. It was like Celeste. And then the way they did it was like, Oh, the reason why she got these like powers was because of this ancient cat that chose her. Now, granted, it does play into the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman a little bit with the whole supernatural rebirth and everything. And that's what happened. Yeah, but it wasn't the same name. Because you don't have the same name? I don't know. And then on top of that, there was no connecting story to Batman. There was no any mention of, like, the DC... Not even DC, but the whole, like, tie into Gotham City or anything like that. Because that was her storyline. That was her stuff. You can't sit here and bring somebody when you're into... Well, you can, but if you're... For people who don't know, and this is my opinion, I feel like... Now, for the people who don't know people like Catwoman and Pink, uh, Mr. Penguin and all these other people, you have to introduce them in their own setting. Separate, right. But still, like I was... But going back to the original thing of the fact that you had like all these different people playing these characters and then not to mention the TV series where it's like, okay, you have a different actor playing Superman now. Mm-hmm. You, like, you have two different, like, it's three. Who's playing Superman now? The Superman on the CW TV series. Smallville? No, not that one. Not that one. That, that is another CW series that's currently on right now. That's off of the universe of the, uh, uh, what is it, Supergirl and the okay, Flash. Okay, That yeah. sort of, that so mm-hmm. So it's like, and then on top of that, the TV series don't even connect with the actual universe. But are they younger, though? Because I haven't seen the TV series, so I, I honestly don't know. So that's why I'm asking. So is this is when they're younger, or is it just... I, I, I feel as though the TV series are like the origin stories. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, but then on top of that, you had the Flash movie come out. Not the Flash movie, but you had the Flash TV series. And then you got mm-hmm. the different Flash for the movie. All I'm saying is, when it comes to DC, when it comes to DC a lot of their entertainment has it never connects a lot of these characters do not connect in a in a modern setting hence why there's been like you yeah. have so many different batmen you had michael keaton george clooney val kilmer you had um christian bale now ben affleck you had all these different dudes playing batman you had 
different dudes playing Spy- uh, Superman because you had like Brandon Roth playing Superman in the- those movies. You've had uh, Henry Cavill play Superman. It's just, it's, it- it's every time when they come out with any new DC something, it's always a different actor. It's never the same actor. Except for now recently where you have, you have a Wonder Woman now. Mm-hmm. You have a, a Shazam. You have uh, Aquaman now. And it's just not only recently that you do have these actors, and now you're coming out with a new Joker movie that technically, and if you want to be technical about it, you have this Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix, and he's not technically, he's not even a part of that universe. And now you have this new Robert Pattinson Batman coming out, and he's not part of the DC Extended Universe. But is he, is he, um... Is he from the, the, you know, from Suicide Squad? Is he that, or is that a different person? What? The actor. No, it's a totally different person. The bat, the Joker from Suicide Squad. The Joker from Suicide Squad is Jared Leto. Okay, so he was in Justice League, but he was in a different. Um, I can't even tell you about it. I can't even tell you about it because you haven't watched it. But just he's in the he's in the snippet of it. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, I and saw that. He, but that's the thing. That Suicide Squad, like I said before, they're but just he, not... But he plays the Joker, though. Yeah, he, in that one. Right. And that jo- that Joker is a part of the Justice League movie. Because that Joker is... Because remember at the end of the first Suicide Squad movie that came out? They had Ben Affleck appear yeah. with... Okay. So that connects. That universe is connected. So the Suicide Squad movie that's coming out now, that's a part of the Justice League movie. See, okay, so this is... Okay, I see what you're saying. Yes. And I don't like it. <laughs> I'm telling you. Like, I don't understand. It's like, okay, we already have a Batman movie come out. We already have Batman v Superman. You got all the... Dawn of Justice. You got all this stuff going on. Why make a separate movie separate from the DC Extended Universe? Exactly. With Robert Pattinson. Like, I can understand. The Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix? Amazing. That movie was amazing. Mm-hmm. But does it tie into the DC Extended Universe? No. It talks about him because we really haven't really got a real backstory from Joker. I remember in the comics, Joker had a quote. If he were to have a backstory, he'd prefer it be multiple choice. And the Joker's backstory is multiple choice. Yes, it is because he's that's that's his personality. Yeah, because it's, it's it's that Joker that we saw was the jo- the version that they would portray the Joker as a mentally ill loner mm-hmm. who just was pushed way too far. Now, if you look at the Alan Moore version with the... If you've seen the movie, they said that um, Bruce Wayne's father... Was that true? They... they um... What, Bruce Wayne's... That Bruce Wayne's father had an affair with um his, yes. no that wasn't true remember okay. they remember because they did say she was mentally ill and she was making up stuff okay and she mm-hmm. had mental illness so yeah that wasn't true okay yeah they're not related now granted the person who killed the Joker no the person that killed uh uh Batman's parents was named Joe Chill but that's a whole separate story mm-hmm. I think it ties in with another woman. But that was that's a whole separate story. Like, like I said, that's my personal opinion on like the DC extended universe. Like, if you're gonna have all this like content out, I feel like you should tie it together in some shape, way, or form. Just like how um, Marvel did theirs, 
they tied it in. So in case the people who forgot, they do have little, you know, nuggets, Easter eggs as they call it, um, in the movie to remind you about what happened in the previous movie. Now, granted, when... Now, granted, when they started having all this success and then they decided to come out with TV shows on Netflix like Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, um, Daredevil, and Punisher, that sort... And then they had it with the S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Everything mm-hmm. that was going on in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was parallel to the movies and Agent Carter. Granted, they did that for a little bit. But then after that, they just kind of stopped. And then next thing you know, the series got canceled. Now, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But it was stupid. Yeah, it was. But I don't know why, but it was stupid in my opinion. Because those were like, qual- it was quality. It was really, really good. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Right. But my thing is, and then also, I feel like in my opinion, I feel like they're trying to push um, DC out because we were focused so much on Marvel, all their stuff that they were doing. And I feel like the focus was... Marvel. They had all the Avengers and then on top of that you're coming out with um the, the TV one, series the, on on uh Disney Plus with um WandaVision, WandaVision, the Loki TV series, The Falcon and The Winter Soldier and then you're there was out like Hot Girl and all these people that are coming out, all these different TV series. You're coming out with all this, so you have anticipation on focusing on Marvel versus DC. You just have Justice League and then the potential of it being another Justice League and then Justice League. And then you have another um, Suicide Squad movie coming out. Suicide Squad. And then you have um, the upcoming Batman and then Catwoman and all this other stuff. So I feel like you're pushing this. Because, honestly, I mean, granted, they are in competition, but I just feel like, let this stuff make sense. Mm-hmm. And let it tie in together. Because I feel, I, in a sense, I do get a little confused with DC now, versus Marvel. Right. Now, granted, with, like, say, the comic books, um, the, you always have these alternate si- um, storylines. You always have these alternate storylines. Characters get retconned. Some characters get killed off. And then they get brought back in. That happens. But there's always one general, like, solid storyline. And the same thing goes for DC as well. But I feel as though when it comes to them putting it out in media and, like, on TV and in theaters, you want to have a solid, concise storyline if you're going to create this content that is going to be talked about for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, like, everything that was leading up to... The 10 years leading up to the Avengers Infinity War was done amazing. Now, mm-hmm. granted, some of those movies kind of stunk. Granted, the only... In my personal opinion, the only one that had a solid series... Like, a solid storyline, like, all three movies was Captain America. Yeah. It was the only one that had a solid, like, trilogy. But everything that was going on with him becoming the first Avenger, then the Winter Soldier comes out, and then you find out Bucky's still alive. And then in the third movie with Civil War, and how that, like, their division affected, like, 
Infinity, them going into Infinity War and all that stuff and them having to come together. Same thing with Iron Man and his movies tying in. The same thing with Thor. How they put like intricate small things into these like movies and it all comes together for these two big movies. And then everything that happens after that. Yeah. And that's how I feel. But I feel like DC is trying to do that, but it's not really coming together as they would hope. I mean, it is, but it's like, I feel it's like a little bit too, it's a little bit too late in my opinion. Yeah, it is. Because it's like, you have, it's like you're trying to push it a little bit too much in my opinion. I just, I don't know. That's how I, that, that's currently how I felt like when they announced that Fox had been bought by Disney. Yeah. So now you're finally going to get like all these like Fox um, Marvel superheroes that were never brought in to begin with and had their own separate storylines. Now you're finally getting that together, but I feel it's like 10 or 15 years too late. Exactly. The perfect per- Now, granted, here's the thing. Yes, Hugh Jackman was the right guy to play Wolverine. Of course. But if we want to get technical, Wolverine in the comics is not six foot five, like six foot tall. Wolverine is like five foot three. Yeah, and that's why people gave him so much shit about it. Right, so you had the perfect person to play Wolverine. Now, if they want to do an X-23, I'm all for it. Of course. I'm, I feel like they should just to just, you know... Do it like the comics would do yeah. it. He dies off. You got a new girl to play X-23. And then you start talking about the brothers and all the people, um, the other clones. You start diving into that. Yeah, you can... Di- you can that's the thing I love about comics, and then that's the thing I love about comics. There's always the continuation of these characters. Mm-hmm. You have a new Hulk now. You have a new Wolverine. You have a new Miss Marvel. You have a new Spider-Man with Miles Morales and Into the Spider-Verse. You can do so much with Into the Spider-Verse. Like they've already like hinted at the idea of them doing Spider-Man 2099 mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. You can do that. It has that vast window. And then, like, we were discussing with Carnage. And then what they're going to be doing with the new Venom movie when that comes out. And they're going to discuss Carnage. Now, I... So, so, one second. So, Carnage, that's the movie that's going to come out with... uh, Yeah. So, is that the separate... That's going to be Venom and not Spider-Man. Right. Because I heard all those people are coming back into Spider-Man. The old, the present. So, the way... So the way they they have yet, I'm kind of hoping they do that with the second movie. Because when the Tom Hardy Venom came out, right. there was no mention at all of uh, Spider-Man. I mean, they did a little bit, mm-hmm. but not enough to be like, oh, this is like part of the uh, Spider-Man universe. Now, they the origin story is a little bit off, to be honest with you. Cause yeah, you're, because he's... The kind of brought us as a good guy, and right. Venom isn't. No, in the comics, the the in the comics, Ven- so the whole story of like Eddie Brock becoming Venom was that Spider Man had the Venom suit first. So mm-hmm. the third Spider Man movie with Tobey Maguire, that was the actual thing. Eddie Brock was, for a lack of a better term, Eddie Brock was a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. He was an asshole, and. Spider-Man has the black suit first, but he realizes this thing is a whole different thing. It's like, it's its own being and it's trying to turn him into like this, like killer and everything. So he rips it off and then in a fit of rage, because 
they the, what brings them together is their hatred for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Because the suit was cast off by him and abandoned, and Eddie Brock was wronged by uh, uh, Spider-Man. He was wronged by Spider-Man, and that's when they come together. Now, the way they did the movie was that he was, like, investigating... Now, they got some parts right, because the facility holding the symbiote is correct. But, because that... Um, the building holding the symbiotes and what creates the other symbiotes as well, like Scream mm-hmm. and everything. But the way they did it was that the fact that it was a whole separate thing, like he stumbled upon this like this symbiote and now it's trying to get him to kill people and he's slowly losing his mind. And they're making him the hero. Eddie Brock is not a hero. That's what I'm saying. Eddie Brock is a selfish piece of crap who was mean who was rude, and he was an egotistical prick. But they wanted to make him a hero in this sense. Why? I don't know. But, you know, that's creative licensing and that's Hollywood. And how are you going to make... That's the thing that I had a little confusion about. How are you going to put Venom, who is technically a bad guy, with Spider-Man, and all of a sudden, what, are you going to make him bad again? Mm Mm-hmm. Because then... Having him face carnage. Now, granted, he does have a bit of a hero streak. He does sometimes want to do the right thing. That's a whole, that's a thing. Then he faced carnage in the other the other movie, right? He never faced carnage. What are you talking about when they do the second movie? No, because I know in the um the movie he he did battle another Venom. It was the scientist, and I guess they were trying to study. Um, how would it affect people? Pretty much keeping humans alive, pretty much. And what they end up doing was they were bringing random people. Oh, that. People. Yeah. So he did face someone who was like Venom. Or, or. He took the, he took the symbiote and tried to use the symbiote for his own advantage. Now, granted, that was that dude's mindset, and that was the antagonist for that movie. What they're doing now in the second movie, they are introducing Cletus Cassidy. Okay. Cletus Cassidy is the serial killer, just a gen- He's like, I would describe him as the Joker version of the Marvel Universe. Just sociopathic, homicidal, just, just downright evil. And... To bring carnage into it, you give this man, this man with already a dark disposition, and you give him a symbiote. And he somehow gets the symbiote, and then it just, like, enforces all that bloodshed and carnage, Mm -hmm. basically. And that's what that is. They're gonna introduce the whole, like, serial killer getting the symbiote and then going on a rampage. And then, thus, Venom having to stop him. So that's what that is. So I'm trying to think of um so So like go going off of that. So we were talking about and I've discussed this in a previous uh podcast about my thoughts on the Marvel in the uh DC spectrum. So my the way I sort the way I described it to you was that if you were to go to a comic book store and you had the Marvel section, the indie section, and then the DC section, 
you grabbed everything that caught your eye or something that you were interested in and you were to take it to the register, buy it, and then, like, once you get home, you count, you sort of see which one caught your eye first. So, everyone's aware of, like, the Marvel titles and the DC titles and everything. So, then you have the indie titles. So, some indie titles to describe to you would be uh, Aftershock here, which is, like, a title like Pestilence. Then there's Oni Press. Oni Press has uh, Invader Zim. Uh, they have The Dam, The Sixth Gun, which is an interesting Western story about uh, these uh, supernatural six guns. And it takes place in the 1800s. You have stuff like a Vertigo, which is uh, DC's like indie titles. So that's part of DC. But then you have like Image, which is the big one out of all the indie titles because of its long history in the 90s. Where you get com uh, comic books like Spawn. Then you have IDW. Uh, I mostly have a bunch of image comics. There's T-Pub. IDW is responsible for the series Lock and Key. Which is a horror comic. Which is I. Here's the funny thing. The writer of um, Lock and Key is Joe Hill. Who is Stephen King's son. Yeah. Stephen King's son. Who goes under the pen name Joe Hill. Um, has a comic book series out. And he has uh, other comics as well. He came to C2E2 one time, too. I met him in an elevator. Really? It was freaking crazy. It was so cool. Man, I tell you, staying at C2E2 is amazing. Oh, my God. I really wish. I really want to go. You got to go. It's amazing. But, yeah, um, those would be the indie titles of, like, certain comics. So, I have, like, different indie titles as well. Um, let me see my other titles. Mm -hmm. That was my bad, people. So, like, Dark Horse. So, these are a couple of comics I have read or since read. Mm -hmm. So, you got Marvel. Uh, this is Nerdy 30. This is the issue celebrating Deadpool's 30 years. You can leave it. Uh, you got Homesick Pilots, which is an in image comics. You have Canto 2. That's an IDW title. The current run of Catwoman. Kick-Ass versus Hit-Girl. Daredevil. The most recent... Uh, okay, so this is an indie. Yes. Kick-Ass is an indie superhero. Okay. Daredevil as well. Marvel. Marvel. Okay. Then Harley Quinn is DC. Harley Quinn is DC. This new... Um, so, have you seen the Harley Quinn on YouTube? They have a... Um, it's pretty much her and... Um, it's other cameos that come in, but it's really her and uh, Poison Ivy. I haven't seen it, but I know about their backstories. Okay. And I know about their history. No, they actually... It's weird. They have a little... Uh, Whole thing going on there. Yeah, because they delve into that. They so in separate storylines of uh, Harley Quinn, um, they have either the friendship between her and Poison Ivy or their relationship, mm -hmm. which they delve into a lot of in certain timelines. But yes, I am totally aware about the physical relationship between Harley Quinn and Poison <laughs> <Yes>. Ivy. <laughs> but they do. I think they have in the in the YouTube that I'm talking about. From what I've seen so far, they have, it's more of a, 
a friendship. Mm-hmm. And it was also more about kicking um, Joker's ass because he left her to get her ass beat by Batman and thrown in jail for over a year. And she was foolishly enough to think that Joker was going to get her out and pretty much everyone in the prison, including Poison Ivy, was like, look, give it up. Mm-hmm. Joker left you. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to have to do your time. And then maybe when you get out, then you come talk to him. Right. But as of now, you stuck here. Yeah. Joker don't want you right now. <laughs> yeah. And that's what they're delving into with this. Is this one? Okay. Well, not so much their relationship, but during this, like, Harley Quinn number one and the one that comes out this year, um, the Joker once again leaves her and leaves her for another uh, clown, another female clown, and her name is Punchline. So it's the events. So that Harley Quinn comes out in the events after the Joker War, which was an event that happened in DC recently. Now I'm not too um, uh, up to snuff, as I should say. I'm not too up to um, what they're uh, doing now with the Joker War, I, mm-hmm. but they have since like brought some titles out after that. So yeah, um, mostly all my oh. So this one's called Berserker. That mm-hmm. I'm showing her right now. Berserker number one is a, a comic book written by Keanu Reeves. Yes. The really? Keanu Reeves. So basically what his is, apparently there's this like immortal, like human, the, he put, there's this character and obviously it looks like him too. Uh, he, there's this guy who's immortal and he's used as this experiment to basically become a killing machine and he's always being, um, yeah, he's always being... Redes- not redesigned, but always being uh, reused as a killing machine. And he's basically lived for like thousands and thousands of years. Wow. So, yeah. So, you got that going on. You got Gwenum versus Carnage. Which so, is- he doesn't die at all. Nope. He don't die. So, yeah. There's- and what's this one? So, Silk is the story of Cindy Moon. So, this is another, like, spider in a spider mm-hmm. universe. So, Cindy Moon is this Korean-American girl who was kept in a bunker for, like, ten years. And they were trying to use her as a weapon, I believe. And she has, like, almost the same, like, superpowers as, like, um, Spider-Man. The adhesive toes mm-hmm. and the webbing and all that. So her whole thing was she was just kept in a bunker for like 10 years and now she's trying to adapt to regular worlds. It being a part of like um, human contact and everything. Mm. So there's that. So there's like a lot going on with like, and these are, this isn't even like half. Yeah, there's like more in there. And then I have the ones on the floor over there that I have to read. These are the ones I've read so far. Um... The rest of those I've read so far. And then these are the issues that I've accumulated when I go to comic book conventions. Okay. And I get these issues, but I don't get the issues before that. Because I like reading comics in, like, order. Okay. So these are just the single issues I've accumulated, but I haven't gotten the other issues before them. Okay. So, like, there's Carnage in here. There's Holly Quinn number 70. uh, All New Wolverine. So, there's that. So that's a bunch of stuff. And then everything down here is all the comics and manga I've read uh, that I've collected. And some of these are signed, too. Really? 
Yeah, so I've got comics in here that are signed, like my Twisted Dark series, which is like um, an anthology series of comics. Not Yeah, comics written by different authors, and they all have some dark storyline to it. So Hellboy, would that be an indigo? Indie, yeah. Indie, okay. Because that's part of Dark Horse. That's their... So, like, what... Spider-Man is to Marvel, and what Batman is to DC, Hellboy is to Dark Horse. Okay. He's like their main guy. Have you seen that movie? I've seen the Ron Perlman, the first one, and the second one, and I've seen that Hellboy movie. The recent one that came out? Yeah. What are your views on that? It's not as bad, in my opinion, it's not as bad as everyone made it out to be. It's not. However, I feel like... um. I feel like this Hellboy really isn't an asshole like the the original one was. The original Hellboy was an asshole. He he just was. He was a selfish asshole and he wanted to do what he wanted to do. Now this one, it's like he knows better. And I feel like he was trying to be funny. I feel like the Hellboy that recently came out is the one that's truer to the comics, in my personal opinion. Because that yes. one did, because they do make a lot of, like, references, like, um, mm-hmm. um, that, that, that superhero that he's a fan of, um, Lobster Johnson, yeah. I think. Yeah, him. They tied that in. So I feel like mm-hmm. that one is more authentic to the comics. Yeah, and, you know, and the whole, you know, he's supposed to be, like, the king of hell and all that stuff, and he unleashes the demons and let the world turn into chaos killing everything and everybody and him and the people who are alive worshiping him and all this other stuff and i get it mm-hmm. they stuck with that but i feel like the maybe it was the person who played him he wasn't bad however i just felt like the puns and him trying to be funny i just feel like he should have made it his own instead of trying to be just like the previous right. hellboy and I don't think he was, in my opinion, I don't think he was trying to, like, copy off of that. Like, whenever actors who take on previous roles that are done by previous actors, you try to make it your own. You try to make, like, put your own personal spin on it. Now, you can say what you want about the CGI, you can say what you want, but I thought, as a comic book fan, it stuck true to the original plot. Yeah, the storyline, yeah. But the character... Yeah. It, it could be better. It could have. He could have done better. It could have been better. I mean, the, the directing where they were going to go, it was dead on. It was spot on in my opinion. But the mm-hmm. character could have done a little better job. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. But yeah, such as that. So that's a couple of the comic books that I've read so far. So far with me, it's like, um, I really. I've touched on this on my um, episode, how I got into comics. I got, I didn't start really getting into comic books until like, like, cause I was like most people, I was aware of the movies like Blade, like the Punisher, like the Fantastic Four movies, even though those movies were god awful. All the Fantastic Four. I was so disappointed. But I digress. Um, I didn't really start getting into comics until like my second year of C2E2. So my second year I went to a panel and it was like the panel was about like being a female and being into like comic books mm-hmm. and being like a, a fangirl essentially. So they were talking about um, Graham Cracker Comics. Mm-hmm. They have, they have ladies night at the Graham Cracker Comics downtown. And they have ladies night and all these females come together and they talk about either comics they're making, comics they're reading and stuff like that. And they just come together. And have you been to one? I have not. But the only the thing I benefited from that was like finding out about Graham Cracker Comics. And that 
um, uh, brought me into going to my first, well, not, it wasn't my first, but going to my home comic book store because now I'm still going there all these years later. So that was like 2016. Mm -hmm. So I went to the one, it was Graham Cracker Comics of Edgewater. They have since now 11 locations, but they have three in the city and it was the one on Edgewater near, uh, Broadway and Berwyn. Mm -hmm. So I went to that one. They have since moved and now it's on Andersonville which is on Clark and Winnemac. Um, I started going there, and um, I just kept going back. So I've done pickup orders. I've and that's done... your home comic. Okay. Yep. That's, where I all, that's the comic book store I go to to get all my comics. And if it's not the one in Andersonville, it's the one in Lakeview and the one downtown. But because of the pandemic, I haven't been able to go to the one downtown. True. Yeah. It wasn't until, like, recently when I went with my mom yeah. after we went to the um, Marvel exhibit at the museum. And how was that? That was amazing. Was that an experience? To be honest with you, I felt like it was more for my mom than it was for me because I knew about most of the stuff. Now, it was still worth it to go see the history and to see how these characters, like I picked up new information about certain um, things like the origin stories of Black Panther. Uh, they talk about uh, Fantastic Four, them being the first comic book family. Um, they talk about, obviously, Spider-Man and Daredevil. And then they basically go through its origins from, like, the 40s to the 60s mm. with um, having diverse black characters. And then going into, like, grittier stories with Daredevil, with, like, Luke Cage and um, Misty Knight and Iron Fist. And then they go into, like, space mm -hmm. with, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. And then, obviously, they tie into the modern setting with the movies and then some of the costumes from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, if you want to get that history of... Uh, characters like that even they delve into like the mutant characters like wolverine and blade mm -hmm. and how they um got with these stories and then just marvel over the years and then their impact on like pop culture but it's really interesting and i highly recommend it mm. i want to go there i want to and is that a seasonal thing or is that just you have until october okay so yeah I so time once again, you for to, in order to go, you got to buy your ticket to go into the museum, and then you got to buy a separate ticket for the exhibit. Yeah, but if you're a Chicago resident, you do get a discount. Okay. I say it's do worth you pay it. They, do you pay when you get there, or do you pay online? You can buy your tickets online, or you can buy your tickets when you get there. Okay. So either or. Well, I buy my tickets on the website. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it was fun. Okay. So, there's that. What else? I've talked about the comics. We talked about wrestling. Uh-huh. We've talked about anime. Oh, okay. So, I know I've been trying to get you to come to C2E2 because you've heard me jabber on about this at work, about my experiences with C2E2. You've seen... Most of the posters I've gotten from C2E2. And the pictures. The amazing pictures. Yes. My favorite. You met the the great uh, Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. Man. That, 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 that would have been my... That would have made my life. Yeah. <laughs> I would be telling everybody, I, I met, met Stan Lee. <laughs> like, oh my God. That would be amazing. Yeah, it was fun. It was, a, mm. it was, it was like a very, like... It's rare that you get to meet 
some like a person of his caliber to yeah. meet somebody that him Jack Kirby to meet some Steve Ditko to see someone who whose work has just been a part of pop culture for the past 80 years and then bringing a bunch of people who you never really thought you would see watch this stuff or be a part of this it's just a melting pot of like different people coming together to watch him and his work mm-hmm. that that that's and it's, amazing it's, it's just it's mind-blowing it's like it's it's like you're coming to Jesus yeah. moment, basically. <laughs> yes. If I could, if I just, just basically, it's like it's it's amazing it to is. see that. And I've met like a couple, like I've met like you know I've met like all like my personal heroes. Like mm-hmm. Henry Rollins is like one of my personal heroes, and I got to meet him three times in my lifetime. I would, you know what? I would pass out. You met Batista, man. I love Batista. And I'm just like, man, I feel like he he's just a gentle giant. He is. He's such a sweetheart. He's such I, a sweetheart. I, and you can tell. Like, his face is like, I will kick your ass. But I feel like he will, I will bear hug you in the most gentle way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was really cool. So that's one of the things why I love going to C2E2 over oh the past, like, almost come December, seven years. Like it, it was, I started cosplaying like my fifth year in and that was an experience. I still have my cosplay. I'll show you it like after this. Oh, so you have, I have it. You ordered it already. No, well, not the, the new well, one, not the new one, not the okay. Superboy one. The one I've okay. been wearing for the past like two years. Okay. Um, I have that one still. I still have yet to order my Superboy one. I think I'm going to order that like towards like, until I start getting more information about, so, um, not to. Diver, but is C2E2, is that happening this year or they're going to have it next year? They're, from what I gather and from the last thing I heard, mm-hmm. it's still going on this year, but it's going to be in December. Oh. Yeah, December 10th, the 11th, and the 12th. It's going to be cold, so I wouldn't even be... Trust me, trust me. Everyone said that last year when they said, oh, it's in February. Oh, well, it's going to be cold. You're going to be inside. Yeah, but you're going to in line. No, but it's all in the convention center. Okay, so I haven't, I don't know. So I'm just, I'm thinking about, okay, so the last convention I went to, I went, the last convention I went to, I went to, um, I went, we were in line, but it was warm. So I just, that's my thinking. So maybe, well, I feel like you're going to tell me something. Okay, so my... I only went to one, so we went to. I was a really, really huge fan of The Walking Dead. I, I still am. Granted, I have not been watching the episodes. I got kind of freaked out when I thought the zombies were starting to talk. Um, I thought it was putting me in the mind of. Um, I think it's called Zombie World Z or something like that. When they had like these different class zombies, and um, they started to talk and interact with each other. I thought that was going to turn into that, but I was wrong. Um, again, I was a really huge fan of Walking Dead. And then <clears throat> I started uh, wanting to go to the conventions. And we were outside. And we were waiting in line to get in and meet all these people and the panels and all that stuff. So that's my thinking of how we were going to be lined up. I don't want to... I, I don't know anything about C2E2, so I'm not going to... So... 
It's not like that. So basically, okay. it, so for anybody that doesn't have a hotel, mm-hmm. yes, you're going to have to commute. You're going to have to take the bus or the train or whatever it is. You're going to have to take that. But if you have the hotel, you're all set. So mm-hmm. we didn't start, me, Robert, Jess, Chris, and them, we didn't start doing the whole idea of the hotel thing until like probably my third year into C2E2 because that was their first year. Um, so yeah, that was like our third year into C2E2, we decided to get a hotel. If you get a hotel and if you get it in the Hyatt, the mm-hmm. Hyatt and the, the convention center is conjoined. So you just come down from your hotel, you go through the lobby, and then you go to the convention center and that's it. Is it like a tunnel or you just Yeah, it's out? like a tunnel, basically. Oh, so I'm not even going outside. No. Okay. Then. You go you going from your hotel room to down to the lobby and then down that way. It's not even it's not even like necessarily a tunnel. It's like a long hallway. And it's so you're passing by the restaurants that are in the hotel and then you just go to the convention center and it's conjoined. Now that's if you get the hotel. But if you're and you and even then, the people who do commute you, they're waiting inside. So they're in the lobby of um, Hyatt McCormick, not Hyatt McCormick, but at McCormick Place. They're in the lobby waiting to get inside. Nobody's standing outside. Everyone's kind of just waiting around until they go and then they wait in the um, lobby area. And then they can come upstairs if they want. Because some of them hang out in the lobby. Some of them wait up for their friends. Some of them take a break. Stuff oh, well, like that. Well, mine's was a little different. I mean, they had like the celebrities come... Well, we were waiting in line, but it was like an, an open area, and that's when you see some of the actors go inside just to set up and know where they're going to go. So that's one of the reasons why we were outside. Mm-hmm. But again, it was warm, and honestly, I think we were more excited to see these people mm-hmm. <laughs> versus we didn't even care that it was scorching hot and the sun was out. I think it was more... Trust me. We... I saw... Carl. <laughs> that was my favorite person. I just loved hearing him say Carl. I, that was my favorite. But um, I think that was just... I think that was it for me. Yeah, so I felt the same way. So they were doing... It, it was last year's C2E2. Uh-huh. Um, they were doing this... Um, They were doing the uh, sign-up for like AEW wrestlers. And one of the wrestlers was uh, John Moxley. Uh-huh. And I was... I was a huge, I'm a huge fan of John Moxley. I'm aware of his work with WWE under the name Dean Ambrose and then for him. And then what makes it even better, when he came to do the um, uh, photo ops and then the autographs and everything, the night before he had won the championship. So he came to the he came to the uh, convention center because it was like the one day he was going to be there. He came there, had the black eye and everything. I'm going to show you the photo after this. But yeah, he had the black eye. He had just won the title the night before because they were having the event like across the street at Wind Trust Arena, which is downtown near McCormick Place. And they were having their event there. It was AEW Revolution of uh, the 2021. And he came in, had the black eye, still bruised, still sore and everything. And he still took pictures, uh, uh, he met people. Belt? Yeah, he had the belt. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> It was really cool, and I was so excited. Me and my mom woke up early so we could stand in line just to uh, do the sign-up. It was me and a bunch of other people. So when you go to C2E2, um, I want to talk about more so, do you get it in advance, or is it... So what? So as soon as... So I follow the C2E2. I'm part of the C2E2 group on Facebook, and I follow C2E2 on Facebook. Right. 
as well as Instagram. So I'm always like tuned into what announcements. So um, my history with it is like probably three months before the event, like three months, four months into the event, before the event happens, they start announcing who's going to be there, um, the guests, the comic book artists and the writers that are going to be there, what booths are going to be there. They keep updating the information. So by the time you get there and it's like a week before, you already now sometimes there are cancellations it happens because you know everyone has a busy schedule and mm -hmm. their schedules overlap and stuff happens so my previous um um history with it and i'm actually going to talk about this in a, uh, another episode but they do they schedule everyone like the you get the idea of what guests are coming what booths are going to be there um sometimes there's not always guests they announce Sometimes you find out guests are going to be there just on the app. Then they launch the app as well, which helps you um, schedule everything. So which celebrities are going to be there, who, where they're going to be at, the map, um, what vendors are going to be there. Um, sometimes they have tattoo artists because I think they've done it like my previous year. They did it one year and then they did it this year at C2E2. So they have tattoo artists you can... Um, email before the event set up a um schedule and then they tattoo you right then and there at the convention yeah it's a thing okay so my face is for shock for people who don't know yeah. because i want one <laughs> yes so they do um depending on what you want but mostly it's mostly themed towards like superheroes and stuff like that but but like i'm saying you like already I'm, see the tattoo right I'm right like <laughs> so they do that so they do that but that that's um a couple of things they do and then they announce panels that you can go to it's um it's that and then once they announce the tickets um that's when I buy my ticket now there's two ways you can buy your ticket you can either buy it from the website or you can go to any comic book store in the city and then purchase your ticket there and what do you get I Just... for let's see I've done the three day I always buy the three day I always buy the three-day because I always plan so on So, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Okay. So, Friday and Saturday. Friday is not the, like, crazy day. Friday is the day that is calm. It's quiet. Um, there's not a lot of people there because most people couldn't take the day off on Friday. There's still a group and a mass of there, <laughs> but... Saturday, Saturday is the crazy day. Saturday is the day where everybody and their mother comes out for C2E2. It's the day. Okay, so for those who don't know, what time should we actually get up and be ready? Okay, to so go. So if you were to, if you're commuting, I just go there at like 10, I believe that's when the floor opens because the show floor and the panel floor is two different hours because the show floor will close an hour um, earlier than the actual panels because sometimes the panels go on until 10 o'clock at night. Okay. Yeah, because there's like the after panel. So the panel I went to this year, they were showing like a couple of old movies. So I saw Army of Darkness. Mm -hmm. I saw um, Wayne's World. Because they were doing that. Um, they're always tied into something that's going on outside of C2E2. But there's always those tie-ins. Okay. But it's it's fun. Uh, so do they have an after... Okay, so t let's talk about the after panel for a quick second. What's that? So after panels are like um, C2E2 after dark, as they call it. They're more of the... There are some like panels that are like 18 up. Mm -hmm. But it's not like C uh, ASIN, from what I hear. ASIN is just wild. 
And I, I've yet to go to ASIN, but we're going to focus. ASIN is... Anime Central. Is so that's, that a part of C2E2? No, it's a separate convention. That happens also in uh, Rosemont. Not Rosemont. Is it Rosemont? Yeah, it happens in Rosemont. In the Donald E. Stevens Center is where um, also Wizard World occurs, too. Um, okay, just... So what's that? Wizard World? A little bit of both. Wizard World and the animation. So... Anime Central, or ASIN as it's called, it's mostly, it's a convention in Chicago, not Chicago, but like, well, yeah, technically Chicago, it's Mm -hmm. a anime convention. That one's mostly more focused on anime itself. C2E2 is um, the comic, what is it, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. That one delves into comic books, professional wrestling, anime, just anything pop culture, that's what that delves into. ASIN is more geared toward anime, and then Wizard World is the same thing, but it's out in Rosemont instead of, like, Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much the same thing. And it's, like, technically in a bigger space. And where, what, when will that happen? That one usually happens, like, like probably six months, probably a couple of months after C2E2. They happen at different times. Um, I will say this. Wizard World is known for getting not what I would consider, like, bigger guests, like... The C two the Wizard World I went to, you had like um, uh, like wrestlers and like different actors, and then you had like Jason Momoa was supposed to go one year, mm-hmm. and then Sebastian Stan was supposed to go one year. Jason Momoa, that's The Rock Johnson's. No, so Jason Momoa is the dude that played Aquaman. He's <gasps> oh my god, he's not related to The Rock. Oh, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, oh my god, you met him. No, he was supposed to go one year, but he canceled, and that was the reason why I didn't go. Now, I will say this from my experience. I feel like C2E2 is more organized when it mm-hmm. comes to, like, these, like, pan- when it comes to, like, the um, autograph sessions and oh, the right. um, photo ops. Uh-huh. Because it's, it, it's a lot more, um, it's a lot more organized, basically. And with that, it does, do you have to pay for that? Or? Yes, you have, so C2E2, you have to, you're paying for your ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want the hotel, you gotta pay for the hotel. Separate. But, yeah, but granted, C2E2 does a very amazing thing, and most of the hotel rates are always discounted. Right. So, you're not paying, like, a crazy ton of money just for a hotel. You can actually pick and choose hotels within the area that, well, what they've done recently in the past, when we went the first time, they picked, like, ten different hotels that are, like, near it, and you had to take a shuttle bus. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, from last year, C2E2, and for the past two years, what they've done is they've done hotels that, like, five hotels in the area. So, they're in walking distance. So, they don't have to send shuttle buses for everyone that wants to go. So, you're paying for the ticket. You're paying for the hotel if you choose to do the hotel. And then you're paying for photo ops and autograph sessions separately. Mm. So what are the prices for those range? For the photo ops? Yeah. It depends on the celebrity. Whoa. So you could have like somebody like a Mark Shepard or Christian. Uh, did Christian Kane go? No, Christian Kane did not go to C2E2. Mm-hmm. You can have like Alan Tudyk's pricing can be totally different from CM Punk's pricing to be different from Brandon Routh and so, like Dave Batista. I'm going to ask you how much was Batista's? I can't remember it, but I think it was like 70, probably 100, probably 80. And then they have like the team-ups where it's like... So how much did it cost for Stan Lee? Stan Lee, I split with my mom and my brother. 
brothers, I should say. That was like at least a hundred and something. Maybe more. I don't more. even care. I would I, spend whatever I need to spend to take a picture of Stan Lee. Honestly, in that moment, I can't remember the prices. Like, in this moment, I can't remember the prices. But I do know they vary from celebrity to celebrity. So, it could cost, like, like I said, it varies from celebrity to celebrity. And then, like, to pay for both, I think, is a combination as well. But it, mm. I, one of the things I always say when it comes to C2E2, if you want to go to C2E2, you got to start saving your money. Now. Not even now. Like last year. Yes. <laughs> From last year. Yes. Cause Sunday will hit and it's like I need to save my money now. Cause you're when you get on that show floor, you're gonna see so much amazing stuff. You're gonna see artwork, figurines, comics, um, the celebrities, photo opportunities. You're gonna see so much stuff on that show floor. You're gonna clothes. Like the t shirts, the hoodies, the hats, the the Everything. You're going to want to go there to buy everything on the show floor because everything will always catch your eye. If you're a nerd like me and you go to C2E2, you're going to see everything that you're going to be a fan of. Whether it's Star Wars, Marvel characters, anime characters, um, just general pop culture, vampires, werewolves, like anything like... Anything that's been pop culture for the past 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, mm -hmm. you're going to see it at C2E2. They got Godzilla posters from when the original Godzilla movies came out. Wow. So, you're going to see everything. And I am such a huge fan because I remember when I was in high school and I would see the posters for C2E2. Because C2E2 has been going on for like 11, 12 years now. Mm -hmm. It happened in like 2009, 2008. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. But like, and this was like when they started, this was like in the beginning when the Avengers movies were coming out. So Chris Hemsworth has been to C2E2. Like mm -hmm. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans have been to C2E2 in the past. Yeah. What? Yes. And then not even to mention Ace Comic Con. But yeah, like I said. But I mean, I mean I'm pretty sure Chris Evans isn't going to be there anymore because he's not Captain America anymore. I mean, still. Like, I got a picture with Opie and, like, Chibs, and they hadn't done, like, Sons of Anarchy in about two years, and they still came to C2E2. Really? Yeah. It happens. Oh, my goodness. Paul Rudd came. This is true. He went. So, it always depends. It always depends, but I, okay, I'm telling so you. I it may not be this year, but for sure, for sure next year, no matter of fact, I'm picking my date. I'm putting the stamp on it. Next year, I'm going to see two C2E2 with you. You can still go this year. No, I'm gonna let you because we agreed. You can still come Saturday and Sunday. But you'd have to buy two separate tickets. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Rather than the, you could still buy the three day and then just go Saturday and Sunday. You can do that. I'm, yeah. But I'm not prepared for it. Yeah. Because I already said I would I would give you those days. Yeah, but you can still come with but me. I'm not prepared. I want the full experience. Not only do I want the full experience, I wanted to go in my cosplay, which I already showed you my cosplay. I want to do that. Mm -hmm. I want everything. Granted, I may not come that Friday, but Saturday and Sunday, I'm definitely going to do that. And I, I'm going to go. Yeah. Next year for sure. So what my plan usually is, as soon as the badges get announced and I have the money, I buy the badges. Now, for the past two years, I've done the uh, VIP. Now, yes. I remember the VIP. 
the VIP price, and this is before taxes, was like $220. Mm-hmm. Well. Mm-hmm. And what comes with that? So you get a lanyard, an enamel pin, you get 15% off at the store. Of everything. Well, not everything, just the store. Because they have a special store in the convention center before you go in and right in the convention center. So what's in the, the, the convention store? What is so it's like a, it's a read pop. That's their thing. And they have like C2E2 themed t-shirts. They got okay. ta- hats, hoodies, um, different shirts and stuff like that. It's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the enamel pin. I get like certain perks. Like I get a separate queue. So when everyone else is waiting in line to enter the show floor, I get to enter the show floor like 10 minutes before everyone else. Okay. So, so you there's get that. the first look of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Uh, and then, uh, they recently had, like, a perk system, so the celebrity thing, so you got to meet, like, three different celebrities. It's not of your choosing, and, like, comic books, so there's that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but, granted, what I, cause, like, my, uh, what I go to see to each you differed from when I first went versus now. Mm-hmm. So what I normally go to see to each you for now, it's mostly to get like my comics signed by my favorite comic book artists and writers. So meeting Scotty Young was amazing. I love Scotty Young. I love his artwork and I love what he does for like Marvel covers because he gives his own take on Marvel covers. So I'm a big fan of artwork. Hence why all this artwork looks like this. It looks nice. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of like visual, um, pictures and artwork and like graffiti and stuff like that. So that's what caught my eye. So Scotty Young, um, Sean Murphy is one of my favorite comic book writers and, um, artists. Me, uh, Cullen Bunn was another one. You met him? No. I have yet to meet him, but I'm a huge fan of his work. Like, I love what he did with the Six Gun. I love what he did with the Damned. Like, I love uh, what he did with um, Bone Parish, which Mm -hmm. was another interesting title. I just love his um, writing. And then meeting Jason Aaron, who did uh, Southern Bastards, and Mm -hmm. he's written for Marvel. Uh, Meeting uh, Daniel Warren Johnson was really fucking cool. And Daniel Warren Johnson lives in the city. He stopped by the comic book store that I go to. Did you take a picture? I never met. I never. Whenever I wanted to go see him, he's never there. But yeah, he he goes to that comic book store, and I'm like, and I met him at C2E2. I did meet him. I I just remember. You didn't take a picture. No, I didn't. I don't take a picture with him. I just like get their artwork. And then I met uh, Merka Randolfo. She's amazing. I love her stories and uh, what she did with this comic book um, called Unnatural. She's like an Italian artist and a writer, so she's cool. Plus, she did no, that was Joelle Jones. (laughs) So Joelle Jones did this artwork. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't think I've met her, but my mom is a big fan of her because she did uh, this comic about this, like, it takes place in the 50s, and it's this woman who is a, like, a, a housewife, but she's also a, a murderer, like a hired hit woman, I think. Mm. I forget what that series was called, but I highly recommend anything Joelle Jones does. It's really cool. But that's what I currently go to C2E2 for now. It's just to meet comic book artists and to meet comic book writers. And it's very fun. 
Because beforehand, I just went for the merch and for the celebrities. Now it's a little bit of both, but mostly I go to get, like, comic books that I haven't gotten yet. So I have a huge, like, two notebooks of comics I have to, like, I keep track of. So there's that. Hmm. Okay. I highly recommend it. If you're a fan of just anything in general that's been pop culture over the past couple of years, Mm -hmm. go to C2E2 at least once. You'll be amazed. Like, I got my mom to go, and she's been a huge fan of it ever since. Um, In the beginning, it was just me and my friend Chris. We went our first time. Then that following year, my friend Alexis went. My friend Portia went. My mom went. um, My brother went. Both of them. But... Denzel only went for like a couple of like a cup of coffee and then just left. But you know, to each his own. Yeah. Um. Yes, it does get crowded. Friday is the easiest day because not a lot of people go. Saturday is like the crazy day where everyone's just packed in there like a bunch of sardines. Uh-huh. Um. Sunday is kids' day. Sunday is like the calm day. So Sunday's the best day to go get like discounts because okay. everyone's trying to get all their stuff out. So mm-hmm. something you may want was like a certain price and then by that Sunday they're like, hey, we need to get rid of it. So do you want it at a discount price? Oh, okay. So give it to them. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's fun. You're going to need to save your money. I will say that. Mm-hmm. And the way I planned it out and the way I continue to plan it out. So I will take the week off from work, mm-hmm. get snacks because con food is expensive as all hell. Yeah. Uh, bring water, bring comfortable shoes. Um, Let's see. Uh, now, recently, I booked the hotel because I don't want to commute all the way there and then come all the way back. And then on sure. top of that, the one of the perks of the hotel is you'll start accumulating a bunch of stuff and you can just walk back to your hotel and leave all that stuff <laughs> in the room rather than carry it with you while you're on the con floor. So right. there's that. So that's a perk. Um, get the snacks. Cash is king. You want to buy cash. You want to get cash because cash is like better than like using your credit card. Yeah. So cash is king. Uh, what else? And then for booking the hotel, I booked the hotel for Thursday up until that Sunday. Mm, just to have a day. Mm-hmm. Because if you do, if you book your hotel for Friday, the con starts at 10 a.m. And check-in mm. normally doesn't start until 3 p.m. Oh. Yeah, so you got like five hours of holding all your baggage with you if you book the hotel to check in. Now, you can always ask for an earlier checkout t- check-in time if you want, mm-hmm. but that's not always guaranteed. Sure. So, checking in 3 p.m. that Thursday night gives you a whole free day to plan out what you're going to wear. Um, uh, you plan out what you're going to um, do that first hour when you get there, and then you just check out that Sunday, and by that Sunday... There's not really much to do unless you got a pl- panel planned. Mm-hmm. You can just do that. Do you have to pay to get in those panels? No, the panels are free. Oh, okay. Unless they're like certain events. So they have like um, certain events ha- um, happening for panels. Like the mm-hmm. main stage is another one. So sometimes they have separate events that require you to pay to get into. Mm-hmm. But it depends on what it is. But that's always separate. Also, another key thing. If you're going to go to a panel and it's for something you really, really want. Like, if a celebrity is doing a panel, get there early. Because you have to think, if you're a fan of something, there's nine times out of ten, there's going to be somebody who's even a bigger fan than you. So, if, like, say, um, CM Punk is having a panel at C2E2 and it's on the main stage. Right. Which is their biggest stage for their panels. Because it holds a lot more people. 
you want to get there early because you're already going to have people either sitting in on the panel that's happening before this panel and you're going to have people waiting outside to get into the panel. Dragon Ball, they were doing the Dragon Ball Z panel and it was the original voice actor, the dubbed version of Goku and then the dubbed version of Vegeta in a room. Because this was right when Resurrection F was coming out, too. Right. So, I was like, I got there early. I made sure to get a spot. And I'm like, I'm texting my friend Chris. I'm like, where are you? Where are you? And he's like, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I get in there. It's getting to that time. They're winding down a bunch of people. Because this is Dragon Ball Z. This is the dubbed version. Not the subbed. This is the dubbed version. The version that debuted on Toonami like 10 years ago. Right. 15 years ago now. For people who were big fans of this like series, you're gonna have people jamming into this room to go see these guys. This is Goku and Vegeta and Piccolo we're talking about. So I'm like, dude, where are you? Dude, where are you? He's like, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Man, came down to the wire. He didn't make it. Aww. He didn't make it. He missed it. It was. It was an amazing, amazing experience to see him do the yell and to see him actually speaking and then everything and then just hearing them go back and forth. It was just amazing. It was so worth it. Oh, my God. I'm just picturing in my head that they're just kind of arguing in their little, oh, my God, they were doing that. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I was so mad at myself. I missed that. Right. So, like, seeing that, that was just awesome. And just, it's like something you'll never forget. But yeah. Okay. Now, okay. For sure, for sure next year I'm going with you. Yeah. It's totally worth it. But the thing is, it's always like that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But it, it's totally worth it. Like, I, I always will always, like, hype up and, like, put over C2E2 because it's legit. Like, the thing I look mo the thing I look forward to most every single year. When is C2E2? When is C2E2? Mm -hmm. Who's gonna be there? Like, even the, even if any person I care about is not gonna be there, I still go. Mm -hmm. Because I love the experience and the feeling. Like, one of the biggest things that's um, one of the things that makes me happy about going to C2E2, and this is like one of my favorite memories, is like I'm standing at a booth and it's like all these single issues, right? You see all these people, all these diverse people. You see men, women, kids, they're black, white, Asian, um, uh, whatever. It's a rainbow. It's a rainbow of people mm -hmm. who are just hovered over these boxes like me, just looking <laughs> for single issues. And it's like, they're all, it's like, oh, this person got Spawn. This person got uh, this Blade comic that they've been trying to find for the longest. This person has a Punisher comic. This person has Flash and the Green Lantern and Thanos and like all this different stuff. This Darth Vader comic. And just to see how this thing has brought all these people together mm -hmm. under one roof of sweaty con food <laughs> is the most amazing thing to me and it always makes me like the happiest and I can't wait for it to happen and if it gets postponed again until next year hell I'll be waiting because yeah. you can guarantee I'm going to be going to this convention until I'm old and gray because <laughs> I am not going to stop going to this convention I've been to Wizard World Wizard World was cool but there's nothing like C2E2 
it's the closest I'm probably going to get to San Diego Comic-Con <laughs> at this point. And I'm okay with that because mm-hmm. it's Chicago. It's this amazing, like, people come, even people come from, like, different out-of-states just to come to this convention. Wow. Cause it's, and then the cosplayers. Like, oh, my God. Like, I do, like, the most basic average cosplay. You got people who do these cosplays that just go all out. Like, they go, like, you see these people who go straight forward with how they, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's amazing what they go, what they put into, like, their costumes and to to see how much the love is that, that they have for these characters enough to, like, replicate everything down to the detail. It's amazing. Like, it truly is amazing. And every, and then another thing, they're not a dick. Like, everyone is so nice and respectful of one another. Like, there's no arguing. There's no fighting. People are just cool. If you bump into somebody, they say, excuse me. It's not rude. Okay, so I'm definitely going to go there. <laughs> like, it legit. Like, you did, man. Like, granted, some of these people walk slower than molasses, but it's not like, it's not like they're going to. It's gonna... not on purpose. You're just right. trying to absorb Everything. everything. Yeah. And yeah, it's just small little frustrations with that because you want to get to where you're trying to get to, but no one's really disrespectful. Everyone's so considerate. Everyone's just there to have a good time. Yeah. Like, even when they were hanging out in the lobby and, like, just drinking, it was just a whole bunch of people drinking. Just... What do you mean? They, they drink. They were, yeah. At oh. the, at, <gasps> you can drink alcohol at C2E2. Oh my God. You I mean, pe- I'm not, I'm not an alcoholic people, but it's just, this is new to me. It, it was fun. That, when we were down in the lobby and everyone, and this was like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, the show floor had already closed, everyone's still in their cosplay. So what time does the actual, um, everything closes down? So, hold on one second. I gotta get my, like, last badge, because that badge had, like, the time on it. Okay. are always the same so for friday and saturday the show floor opens at 10 a.m excuse me Mm -hmm. and it closes at 7 p.m now the panels start at 10 a.m and go until 10 p.m and for friday not friday sunday sunday the same time starts at 10 but the day is shorter everything closes at five yeah because it's Sunday, it's kids' day, and everybody's willing to go home. Because they're not going to stay there for a whole nother night. Mm-hmm. So, this is the um, the three-day pet. Oh, oh, the price is right here. Yeah. So, that's the... That's the so this you, is from C2E2, correct? Yes, this is from last year. This is the Celebrity Premium 3-Day Pass. Now, the prices are discounted when you buy your ticket before the actual event. So, you get a discount price. Do they not have the 2-Day? They don't have a 2-Day. Okay. They have the VIP, the 3-Day, the Friday badge, the Saturday badge, and the Sunday badge. 
They don't have a two-day badge. Now, I would love if they had a two-day badge, but that's a whole different thing of pricing. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you buy your ticket or you buy your badge before C2E2, you get a discounted price. But once you buy your badge the day of, mm -hmm. it, go, it goes to its set price. So, I got a $30 discount on this badge. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because when I paid for the badge for the Celebrity Premium three-day... It's original price is two fifty, but I only paid like two hundred and twenty. So that's not bad. No, and then um the prices for the single days um those are different too. You're not paying that much. It's like about forty fifty, not for yeah about forty fifty. But Sunday is always the cheapest day, and then you can always get kid badges as well. Ooh. So yeah, and every year has different artwork too. My first year I had like the Walking Dead artwork. Yes. <laughs> and then that year was the Boruto one. JP tried to get this one from me. I was like, I'll give it to you. But he had quit before this happened. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would love for all of us to go and just. It's so what I do every whenever I have friends who go their first year, I'll gladly show them around. But once your second year, you're on your own. <gasps> Really? Yeah, because like that first year, you're gonna have to be that guy because you know people don't know. It's like you gotta like be there for your people and mm -hmm. be like, hey, this is this, this is there, da 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 da, all that fun stuff. But after your second year and you go again, you're on your own because you already got like that's fun. Of as long as I have, I need to. Well, I love your. Not to just throw that out, but I love your little shoes. They're really cute. Thank you. But Walmart <laughs> werewolf house shoes. I love it. Um, but going back, but yeah, as long as I have someone to hold my bag, I'll be, I think I'll be okay. Yeah. And then if you're going to wear, if you're going to wear your cosplay too, um, you might want to get like some type of handler. That's what I'm saying. As long as I'm, you know, cause yeah. I'm going to have, I want my whole get up. Mm -hmm. I want my, I already said what I was going to wear. I was going to be one of the soldiers from, um. The Dora Milaje. Oh yes. I'm actually... I think I still have the, the pictures that I'm going to get. Um, and then also tell me where I can get the cosplay costumes. So I know there's like different um, costume places all over the place. Mm -hmm. I got my um, I got my suit from AliExpress. AliExpress. Mm -hmm. I don't think. And then I know there's like different costume shops. And then you can always try and get something made. You can try and go to Party City as well. But that's only if, like, that's your last resort. I do your research. And uh, you can always go to the C2E2 group page and ask probably somebody. And they can probably help you out too. Um, that's one of the places a lot of people go if they have any questions. And they, like, share their ideas. And they share a bunch of stuff. So a bunch of us just get together in this group and we just talk. So is this where I'm looking mm -hmm. at? Okay. Yeah, that's where I got my uh, that's where I got my suit, my spider punk suit. Mm. So you can just do like a search, and then they do that. Now, when I got my suit, I ordered it, and I hoped it would get here before C two E two because it took a long time to get to where I was going. So I gotta actually buy that months in advance. Mm hmm. Because you never know, depending on where you're actually getting it shipped. Cause like, <laughs> this was like before, so I got mine like, and it shipped from China and then they would have to like get your measurements, make sure everything's correct. Cause you want to make sure everything fits well. 
Now, granted, I've lost some weight since my <laughs> first C2E2 when I got that suit. Okay. I'm just trying to... Okay. But, yeah. Okay, this has been very informative. Mm-hmm. So, basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to pre-order things in advance. Have my money set up. Then I'm going to have my hotel ready. Mm -hmm. I'll be knocking on your door as soon as I... Like, come on, we gotta go. I'm so excited. Yes, that's exactly how I'm gonna be. It was, man. You, it's, it gives me flashbacks because, man, I have never been so happy. Like, I've been happy, but I've never been like C2E2 happy. Cause a C2, kid in a toy store. Basically, because you just go there. And, man, when I went this year, when I went last year, they had, like, as soon as you walked into that show floor, there was a full blown Gundam fighter. Standing right there, like the whole giant like statue of a Gundam, a Gundam wing fighter, and really? I was like, "Oh my god!" Really? It's like the 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 phrase I the phrase um uh when me and my friend Chris went the first year and we were walking along the bridge because we came in through the other side of the building. We had walked in on the bridge and then we kept getting closer and closer and then as soon as I stepped foot on that show floor, I was like, I told my friend Chris, I uh, quoted the movie Fanboys, I want my ashes scattered here. (laughs) (laughs) I swear, because you go and if you're a nerd of any type of thing, you're just going to go and you're going to see all this stuff and you're going to be like, man, I have totally missed out. So this is my outfit. So yeah, you can order it from them. Yeah. Like I'd ask questions, like just do as much research as humanly possible and just go for it. I, of course, because I mean, this is badass. Mm-hmm. Granted, I don't know how heavy this will be. Right. But if I can get the stick too, man. I'll be ready to bless everybody with my <laughs> But it, it'll be fine. Oh, wow. And, and I probably would need help putting it on because I, I'm, as I'm looking at it, this is... Um, it's a two-parter. Yeah, this is the first get-up on here. Oh, let me see the other part. Oh, this is a lot of material. This is the one part, just putting the one piece on, then the add-ons. Brittany, I may need your help. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I've had my friends help me get my uh, suit on because mine, like, granted, at first when I got the Spider Punk cosplay, I thought I'd get, like, the suit with, like, the, the mask where you just put it on and then you got the separate piece for the bottom part. Oh, but mine's yeah. is just one whole zipper. So, like, getting my hair to my, like, putting my hair back and then, like, putting the suit on and then having to, like, my first year when I first cosplayed, Mm -hmm. I didn't get contacts yet. So I only wore the suit because they were doing a Spider-Verse meetup and I wanted to do something special for my fifth year. So I got that and I didn't even wear my, um, I didn't even wear my suit the entire day because I didn't have, like, I couldn't get the glass, I couldn't get the suit over my glasses to make it look right because my suit had, like, the eye part. Mm Mm-hmm. So it wasn't going to fit over the glasses. And plus the whole thing is spandex. So it wasn't until that following year when I walked around where, man. And that's another thing that's cool. Mm-hmm. When you cosplay at C2E2, there is nothing that makes you feel better like people stopping you to get your picture. Really? It's so fun. It's so fun. 
people are like, hey, spider. Like, they'll shout you out like, hey, spider punk. Hey, spider punk. This one little girl was on her dad's shoulders and she was waving at me and I waved back. It was so much. It was, it was so cute. That it was, was so cute. adorable. That is cute. She was like. And I'm like, oh, this is, this, this is the moments I live for. This this is this is the this is the sweetness that I live for. It was great. And then getting stopped by people and then people wanting to take pictures. Then you see your fellow spiders. Man, it was amazing. I see here my little um the spear. My spear. However, I will have to get this shit. I'm gonna spend a well a lot of money here because uh the spear and the boots come separate. Mm-hmm. Now, you can probably get the boots. So, when I was doing my get-up, I had to pay for the suit. Then, my very first vest, I will admit, the very first vest I got was uh, kind of trash. And I wanted to redo. Because it was like a blue jean one. It was too mm-hmm. big. And then, it just didn't, like, fit right. So, I got a new vest. Mm-hmm. I changed my shoes because I went from wearing the Converse to wearing uh, the, like, Doc Martin, my old Doc Martin boots. Then, I had to get gloves. Then, I had to get the wristband. Right. Yeah, so. And then I had to pay separate to get the patches onto my new vest that I had, which was... It It, it, it wasn't as expensive, but if it's worth it to you, then you're going to pay the price. Of course. Yeah. I'm going to actually screenshot this so I can have it so I know where to go to. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a thing here. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, actually. It's so much fun. It's always so much fun. And then, like, planning out everything you're going to do beforehand. Like, planning out the panels. Trying to make everything work. um, Trying to figure out, oh, if I'm going to go to this panel, I got, like, five minutes or ten minutes to do this. Because the thing is, I was kicking myself. So, when I got my Punk Rock Jesus signed by Sean Murphy, Mm -hmm. I didn't actually meet him. I had to go to a photo op. I think it was the Batista photo op. So I'm right. standing in line waiting to get this autographed so I can meet this man because I loved his artwork and I loved that he wrote this story and I didn't even get to meet him. My mom met him. So I was kicking myself for that. <laughs> I still want to meet him though because I still need him. I think I did meet him again when I got my Batman White Knight signed. And that was fine. But it was just this moment. I had to. I, I should have been there. I should have been there. <laughs> but it, it was worth it. I still got my photo op. I still got it signed. I will never sell it. Never? I will never sell it. <laughs> Most of the stuff I got and it's signed. It's just, I've had like a couple of stuff signed. But it, it, it's just so much fun. So. Oh, wow. We're going to wind down because this, this has been a very eventful talk. This has been a very long talk, exactly. but, but it's been a very interesting talk. And we would have a part two. Yeah, we're going to do a separate episode because I got to watch all these movies. Yes, you do. You have a lot of homework to do. Yeah, well, I, I'm going on vacation, so. <laughs> this is true. So there's that. So you I got plenty of time. Mm-hmm. So. So with that being said. Uh, this has been my friend Naomi on yes. the Status Alternative Podcast. My name has been Brittany. Uh, thank you for listening, and I will catch you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye.